Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Uh, wow, we get into everything. We get into the Dodge SRT Hellcat. We get into how they test electric cars and range and how Edmonds does it. We get into uh, some Porsche talk. Porsche hot confusing cup, 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 cup car. car. I don't cup know why everyone talk. looked at me like I was some kind of leper when I said the word <laughs> cup car. But either way, vindication as per usual. First, I'll tell you about uh, Empire Covers. And we'll also tell you some cars that we think would be good value for you to invest in. Empire covers. Nowadays, cars are designed to keep you safe on the road. But uh, how about providing the same protection when the car's off the road? Empire covers. High-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, anything that damages a vehicle for premium protection by the American Armor Cover. Proudly made in uh, their factory in Kentucky, plus covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and more. All covers come with a free multi-year warranty, free shipping, plus an extra 15% off the entire order with the promo code CARCAST. Visit Empire Empire Covers, empirecovers.com slash CARCAST. Use the promo code CARCAST at checkout. That's empirecovers.com. Protect what you love. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the show. We're going to get it on. Welcome to CarCast. Man, Carl, it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea over there. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I was just digging through a little bit of uh, news, trying to find the, the notes, but uh, the quail is happening. Yeah. That's the press release I got. They're like, we're doing it. Mm. Max Pat is going to load up on some caviar. <laughs> I'll close them back down. Some uh, <laughs> yeah. oysters. They're going to have to take another year off. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, we were trying to figure out, Matt and I were speaking about this yesterday. I don't know if Matt figured it out. Maybe Chris can figure it out is what the mark is. Who are we? What's the tribute? What's the theme? What's the theme for the lawn? At uh, Pebble Beach, what's the theme yeah. for the quail? Yeah, and the, uh, the most track. most importantly, what's the theme for the track? Because they always do, you know, 50 years of IMSA or, mm-hmm. you know, Nissan Motorsports or whatever. And I don't know if they've declared a major yet, but it's interesting to me always to find out sort of what the mark is. I think a um, number of years ago, the quail, I think, did BRE and they wanted one of my cars over there mm-hmm. you know that's that's how it how it works they did lamborghini with all the uh, muras out there which mm-hmm. we was was great we love that one i just looked at the notes i didn't see it was all like covid this and that and we're doing the event and i didn't see anything about the featured mark yet but, well we have some stuff uh, out there this is for the quail the quails the 50th anniversary of the lamborghini Araco Araco and, and yarama oh boy um well, I'm going to be hanging out in the good, buffet line. Good for, for that Nick Santora, one. right? <laughs> yeah, I this don't, is his year to shine. <laughs> I don't know. This is uh, like we should uh, celebrate the 50th year of the raid on Entebbe or something. It's like I don't know. I don't feel like that went that well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, and uh, French cars. 50th, 50th anniversary of the Citron. Of the Citron and uh, 50th anniversary of uh, Alfa Romeo Montreal. Really? Yeah. 50th anniversary. Yeah, those Montreals are... Uh, it's going to be some wacky looking cars out there. <laughs> kind of 
kind of Yabrama and the Montreal and the yeah. Citron. Montreal's are kind of cool pieces, kind of. Yeah. They're moving up a little bit. They're a little bit wacky. But uh, I think that's going to be uh, more time for us hanging out in the food line and drinking wine. That's good. I'm starving. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> so uh, that's what the – that's the quail. I guess the next question is: is what's going on at the track, at the track and what's and going Pebble. on at Pebble? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to yeah. let those wacky uh, Uramas onto uh, the lawn at Quail. <laughs> well, that, they, we know they can't go on the racetrack either. So right, so yeah. that'll be that. Yeah. I mean, they can't sort of weird <laughs> celebrate those the Urama. Those are three of my least favorite vehicles. <laughs> and like I include uh, three wheel Cushman meter made carts in that yeah. in that group. So all right, well that that'll be weird and bad, but doesn't matter. Yeah, like, There's going to be I'm tons of cool stuff. I'm there. trying to think for like Pebble, like what do we do for? You know, like what's what's in line? What have we we've seen in the past? And then what's what do we do for? I feel like Ferrari's probably been celebrated quite a bit. It was mm-hmm. nice to have. All the mirrors there mm-hmm. that one year, mm-hmm. but like, what's you know have no. they have they done has, has the, the track is the fifty second anniversary of IMSA? Yeah. Oh, that's no. right. We that's weird. I just said the fiftieth anniversary of IMSA. Yeah. At the top of the show. Yeah, yeah. So kind of now because remember we talked about this at one point where um, there was like a Japanese car thing going, and we talked to like Tommy Kendall, and I was like, "You bringing the RX seven? He's like, "No, because the next year is supposed to be the IMSA, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to bring the car for that or one of his cars, you know." Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things. So um, I guess that does make sense. Ooh, so yeah. now what would you bring? Oh, I got planted in my head or something, <laughs> and I just pulled it out. Um, well, the IMSA cars is. As best I can tell, are like the '85, '86 GT1 championship cars. Yeah. Those are yeah. the cars. Yeah. Well, uh, those don't run. What else you got? Right. <laughs> oh, God, Sean pulled the engine out. <laughs> I said, "Do not pull the engine out." Pulled that engine out. It's been taken apart for three years yeah. now. <laughs> Why do I bother just saying, I, "Don't do it"? I don't know. <laughs> you know? I'm not trying to. St- Rock right. the boat here. All I'm right. just saying. Anyway, you know. Um, all right. So there's uh, that. Um, those are IMSA cars. The I don't know if the Oldsmobiles are IMSA cars. I don't think so. Uh, I don't know if the two plus t- the two plus twos are probably IMSA cars. I, I have to kind of figure out what the exact definition of IMSA and what year. Yeah. What years it. It covers the uh, 935s, probably an IMSA car, but I don't know. Max Zapata, try to figure out IMSA and the range, like from what year to what year, and uh, what cars, some of the cars that are in there, so what we can yeah, find I out. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at the 80s, that would, because we're talking four of your cars are 80s, not the 935, but you know. Right. The 84, the 85, the 87, the 88, maybe uh, 90 is the Oldsmobile. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if the, the, the... peerless chassis car and what was the other one? 89 and, and uh, The Cunningham Z car may be an IMSA car from 94. Yeah. I don't know. We have to kind of figure that out because we don't know. All right, so... Um, the uh, Lexus RCF Fuji... 
Speedway, Speedway edition. edition. What is that? It's the the RCF is their two door coupe. Um, it's their kind of their sporty coupe, and the Fuji edition is basically just sort of a, a halo for you know sort of for the end of this because this car is naturally aspirated V eight with no automatic start stop feature, which I can't imagine anybody at the EPA is going to let that fly for another mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to just have a naturally aspirated V8 that sounds fantastic, mm-hmm. doesn't shut down the motor at every stoplight. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just kind of the last version. So Lexus said, hey, let's do a version with carbon fiber hood, carbon fiber wing, lighten the weight a little bit, make it a little bit more aggressive with this splitter and the diffuser. And, uh, you know, it's a limited edition car, so it might hold a little bit of value. Uh, it, it does jump up into that $100,000 range now. But um, just the weight savings without having to retest any of the engine or calibration, the weight savings alone was enough to, to get like a 4.20 to 60 down to like a 3.9. Really? And uh, and it's good. I drove it. It's fantastic. It has the I drove like the dark gray with the, with the exposed carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. But the interior was like a red leather and cloth inserts on the seats. Mm-hmm. So kind of a mm-hmm. not not an Alcantara though. It was like a cloth insert. Mm-hmm. It was just it was good. It sounded good. It's fast. It's comfortable, and it has a little bit of the boy racer look. You know, it's got the over the top mm-hmm. wing and stuff on it. But and uh, paddle shifting. Yeah, paddle shifting. But the engine sounds fantastic, and the V eight makes great noises. Yeah, how many liter? Ah, that's a good uh, question. It's I probably say, not over five. I, I think I it's them. five liter. It's five. five I think liter. it's five liter, and it's four. Well, I said not over five, so I'm right. Yeah, yeah. four seventy five, four four eighty nine. It's just under five hundred horsepower. Probably two. Four seventy two. Probably yeah. tax up to eighty four hundred. Yeah, it scoots along, and I think the transmission in it now is like nine speed or eight speed, and and but when you get on it, it makes you know. Rear wheel drive, not all wheel drive. Um, All right, so we'll see if we can figure out our IMSA definition. First, I'll tell you about JB Weld. DIYers and pros have trusted JB Weld for 50 years plus. Projects, big and small, home or garage, use the world's strongest bond. We're proud to have JB Weld epoxy adhesives as a sponsor. I personally know the owner, and JB Welders are all good people. I was just on the phone with these guys last week. DIY projects, auto, uh, crafts, plumbing, marine, and more. Use JB Weld on metal, wood, plastics, glass, ceramics, uh, or even Sonny's tennis shoe because uh, I have a box. I have a drawer of (laughs) JB Weld at my house, and they got something in there to take care of everything, including uh, Sonny's rubber tennis shoe where the sole was coming off. So I JB welded that bad boy. <laughs> Keep it in your kitchen drawer or, you know, craft supply drawer, your garage as well. And uh, JB Weld, by the way, acquired uh, Herculiner, the original DIY uh, truck bed liner too. So if you're looking for the world's strongest uh, truck bed liner, you go with Herculiner. Right, Matt? Yeah, so JB Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. All right, any IMSA breakthroughs? Max Pat is looking. I was still looking. 
<laughs> there, there's a lot of information on it, and it's not all aligned. Well, I so. guess uh, the year it started and the year it ended. I guess that would be a good good place to start and uh, how that worked. Well, but, like it was founded in 69. All right. That's something. Okay. So, yeah. So, potentially the 935 could have been in there. Um you know, and of course, all the '80s cars we talked about. '69 is a little older than I thought it was going to be for. Yeah, for well, sometimes stuff was founded and then <laughs> caught on eight years later, or whatever. Yeah. But we'll and, uh, and like there's, it's still IMSA is still a thing. Like they're the sanctioning body for like the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So it's like it, we're we're trying to find oh, out okay. what it means within the vintage or historics. Well, I would put in maybe. Put in uh, Google image uh, IMSA race cars, uh, 1980s, and, and see yeah. what cars uh, pop up. I guess you could just search for Paul Newman IMSA race cars and see if that comes up with something and see how many are on the list that yeah. you have. And then we can kind of take it from there as well. That could be – It's a good good thought. You know, just a – all right, so uh, Ford's got their uh, Mustang Mach-E Performance Edition Yeah, so the, out. I've the, seen a few. We're starting to see the Mach-E's on the road, um, mm-hmm. getting good reviews. Sales are – you know, orders and sales are happening. Um, Ford making a big push into battery technology, investments into making batteries. But we always knew that the Mach-E GT – Mm-hmm. And the and the performance, the GT Performance Edition, were going to be coming out, and now they've been announced. The Machi GT will be sixty one thousand one hundred, which is includes the destination. Destination is eleven eleven hundred bucks, which they wanted to be like fifty nine nine ninety five or whatever, which basically they did, and then mm-hmm. at sixty one one, and the Machi Performance Edition is sixty six thousand. But now we're getting into the high-performance version. This is where the, the Mustang name starts to play. It, it has uh, – I believe it has um, the MagnaRide uh, damping, the active suspension, the, the Mach-E GT 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds mm-hmm. with a 250-mile range. Mm-hmm. And the Performance Edition 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds with a 235 mile range yeah that is damn impressive stuff and the next kind of question as we you know start getting into the electric cars everyone always wants to talk about range range and range Mm -hmm. uh but the next question is is how long does it take to charge to get that range because to me the next breakthrough is sort of do you have to plug it in overnight or all day versus four hours or or some version of that. Right. And, you know, I feel like probably the manufacturers are sort of realizing that range sells and the speed of charge is not quite as enticing. People want to know what the range is. They mm-hmm. they never really hear them say, "Here's here's here's how long it well, takes to get to that range." They've been to push things on saying like, "Hey, you can get eighty percent charge within two hours," or you right. can get you know you can get fifty miles in thirty minutes. They're starting to push that a little bit, like Good. anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that we've uh, been talking about, um, talking with uh, Alistair at Edmonds, is is the actual range. They've developed a 
a a loop where they test their their vehicles. They put all of the electric cars through the same loop. They've really put the science behind it. And, Who's uh, they? Uh, Edmunds.com. Oh, Edmunds, Edmunds, sorry. And then they brought out all the EVs to test them. And mm-hmm. uh, the Porsche Taycan blows away the estimates, and uh, which is interesting. Tesla meets it or even came a little under mm-hmm. the estimates, which is interesting. And on the Mach-E, they just tested um, – uh, like the long range ones, the Mach E, not the performance. The the Route One, I think it's called, is the three hundred mile version. Mm-hmm. And on their loop, they actually beat it by about twelve percent. I think they got over three hundred and thirty miles on that charge when the manufacturer's estimate was three hundred. So that's one of the things they're really looking at is the accuracy of the numbers coming from the manufacturers and who's meeting it and who's who's not meeting it. Well, it'd be interesting, and uh, I don't know, you know, what Edmonds is privy to, but there must be a standard that the government uses to measure all electric cars, mm-hmm. because you couldn't just have Ford and Porsche and Tesla all giving us their version of a loop, you know, yeah. or of a test, whatever. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me. That there's some, and they're not breaking it down to city and highway, I don't think anymore. They're just saying range. So it makes sense to me that the government has some sort of criteria. Yeah. And they say you must go X amount at 60 miles an hour for such a period of time, and then we're going to have a stoplight every whatever, and, you know, all that. I mean, yeah. that yeah. to sort of make sense. So the government has dictated that otherwise none of these claims could really be substantiated um so the question is i guess a couple of things one is is you know you bring up porsche does porsche i guess when they import the cars here they must then go through whatever our version of that range is i wonder if their criteria is different in germany or different in Europe or Japan, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there has to be kind of a universal obstacle. I guess what I'm saying yes. is, is here's what I'm saying. We have the 100-meter dash. It can't be 104 meters some places and 97 meters other places. Like otherwise the records won't stand, you know what I mean? It won't, right. we won't yeah. be able to substantiate the records. So the Olympics just goes – Here's how far you're swimming, and that's for everyone. And here's how far you're running, that's for everyone. So there must be that. Otherwise, you couldn't have the claim of being the fastest man or the longest range. You know? Right. So what I think Tesla is trying to – or excuse me, what Edmonds is trying to do is – and they do this on the gas engines as well – is what's the real-world version? Range, miles per gallon, range for a gas engine car, fuel tank. And they're not necessarily saying – Ours is better than the government. They're saying ours is a reflection of the real world. So we're not questioning the government's testing. We're questioning the manufacturer's claim based off yes. of the manufacturer fulfilling the, the government rules, right? Look, uh, I love Edmonds, but I would say that until we know that the track is 100 meters exactly for both runners – yeah, we don't really know what the claim is, if the claim is accurate. So, if you say I can do a hundred meters in nine point three seconds, but if you're only running ninety five meters, then you're not 
the claim no, is, is I, different. I got you. you yeah, know? and they, they are they're figuring that though, yeah because so, they know what the government how the government tests they know what the right. manufacturers so are saying. I, I'm guessing that Edmonds because they're good is recreating the government. I'm I'm guessing I'm get it, it wouldn't behoove them to make their own track. It would behoove them to simulate whatever the government has mandated, and then if they simulate it, then they can accurately go. The Porsche went over the what they claimed. You see what I'm saying? Yes, but recreating the government test just all it does is provide accuracy to if the government test is accurate or not. They're saying. That's not necessarily how you use the car. Yeah, so, I know it, it's not that. What I, what I'm saying is is if you say that I think I think I'm accurate in this. If you say that Porsche exceeded the claim and Tesla maybe went a little under the claim or right to the claim, uh, in order to figure that out, we have to recreate the 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 track exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Otherwise, well, we don't know what the claim is. Right. But well, we still know Porsche did we, better than the could, claim. Yeah. What they could do is recreate the government test to see if the claim was accurate and right. then do their real world test, their loop, which has freeway and city and stop. Right. And say, right. What are you really going to get? Right. right. So that's them saying that's two separate things. That is yes. uh, here's how they really performed, which yeah. again – See, when you do the zero to 60 claim, then you say that the um, Porsche 911 said zero to 60 and 4.4, and then Edmonds gets hold of it, and they see how long it takes to go zero to 60. But if yeah. the government is zero to 63 or zero to f- 67 or 57, then we don't really know if the claim is the claim. So yeah. it's good to know that in real world conditions, here's what these these do, but it's it's still kind of hard to go apples to apples on the claim until we get the exact definition of it. And I don't know if that information's available. Yeah. Oh, you could also just remove the claim from it completely and then just have Edmonds basically say, this is the range. Right. This is what we came up with in a real world scenario. And I think right. that's kind of what they're going for. Um, so regardless of claim, uh, you know, the Taycan got closer to like a 300-mile range. I'm not sure exactly which configuration, um, which was on the higher end of things. And uh, some of the long-range cars are hitting that 300-mile, 330-mile mark. And some of the more high-performance ones are hitting that 230, 250 mark. So they've got it all kind of broken down. But um, it's good. It's an interesting part of where what we need to start looking for when we're shopping for new cars because everything's changing, right? The technology's changing. You're right. Not just how fast a thing charges, but what's the efficiency of that charging? Like if you plug one car in and plug another car in, they're both in a 220 outlet. Does one cost more money still? Is Does one cost more energy to charge that, mm-hmm. that battery? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, my thing is is I feel like if you could get 50 miles of range in, you know, 2 hours, that's that's kind of all you'd need cuz that's that sort of 
thing where, you know, you wake up and you realize you don't have enough to get to the airport or enough to get to work. But before you get your coffee, you could plug it in and then yeah. go get dressed and pack your bag or whatever and get just get 40, 50 miles out of that thing, you know, before you took off. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting another thing for Max Pata to scour the Internet for, which is what is the government criteria for range on electric car? How do they test it? Do they have a test facility? Is there, do they leave it up for each, each mark to certify, you know, themselves? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there has to be, I mean, obviously if there was no sanctioning body, then the manufacturers would just go, well, what do we do the best in? And it'd be like, ironically, I think with electric cars, it's the city versus the highway. So they would just do city driving, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine. Yeah. But, but so it, the, it must be it, it must be mandated somewhere. I'm sure. Of course. Yeah. That's how we get all of our, our fuel mileage and everything else, right? And then right. it's changed a little bit, uh, you know, when there was all kinds of – there was a thing years and years ago about – you know, all the window sticker mile per gallon things have – nothing's accurate. Why are they so inaccurate? And the government's like, oh, yeah, everything's tested at 55 miles an hour on a freeway. And they're like, well, that's not that's not accurate anymore. Nobody goes 55 miles an hour even yeah. on freeways because cars got safer, roads got My uh, – you know, my head on it is is it doesn't have to be accurate. It just has to be the same for every car. Right. And And – Yes, and that was that's kind of the point of Edmund's test as well. They're going, we do the exact same loop when we test them. They did a big test where they brought all the cars out at the same time mm-hmm. um, and topped off all the batteries and did whatever uh, to to and then try it. But yes, when they bring cars in on a regular basis, it's all about like doing an apples to apples oh, comparison. They put the car in a dyno. Chris is funny. He put EPA and then he put. In parentheses, Environmental Protection Agency. I Just got it. You we're, 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 we're aware. We're aware of EPA. Been I, I thought of not putting it. Like, Adam <laughs> might call me out for it, but I'll just give him the info anyway, and I was burned. See what happens. Either, either yeah. way, we saw losing Lesson to all the kids listening, never try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, noted. So they put it on a dyno, and they just put the same program into the dyno, which I should have thought of. Yeah, and it's a simulation. And they point. just put the exact same simulation because they couldn't really do it. Like, who, who knows if this guy braked a little early into the stoplight or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, the opposite of an electric car is that Dodge Durango uh, Hellcat <laughs> I saw yeah. parked in my driveway or parked in my parking lot it's out there. bright red. That thing um, let me hit this Durango ad, and I'll tell you about driving it, although one isn't really related to the other. Dodge has uh, – you guys have heard they've opened the orders on the 2021 Durango SRT Hellcats, the most powerful SUV ever. They were only going to make these exclusive for 2021. They were going to make only 2,000 units, but they got so many orders in. They said they're still going to make it for the one year, but they will fulfill – all the orders. So you'll get 710 horsepower, a new aggressive exterior styling, new interior driver-centric cockpit, and all buyers of that uh, Durango Hellcat will get a pro instruction full day of racing at the Radford Racing School. 
Um, you know, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule a test drive. Yeah. So I've been <laughs> driving the Durango, mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting because Dodge at this point is really just winning the war on taking – their platforms long in the tooth, uh, Charger, the uh, d- 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 Challenger, even this Durango, and saying, "Hey, uh, let's just keep tweaking, making some revisions. Let's see what we can get out of it." And uh, and and they keep winning. They keep winning in sales with all of these vehicles. I think, as I recall, just glancing at it, maybe on Bring a Trailer that. Uh, those Dodge SRT, I guess they're Dodge SRT trucks from the early 2000s yeah. with the Viper engine and the five or six speed. Those things are holding their value. They are. They're beyond. really moving because the, the regular cab version you could get with a manual, but then they did a four door extended cab. I know. They gave, the me one, they gave me one to drive for a week, like I was going to drive it. Or maybe a couple of days, as driving it in and out of Love Line, I was like, "This is a ridiculous <laughs> vehicle to yeah. get around town in." Yeah, but I listen. This the Durango. It's it's a big SUV. It's a three row SUV. The only thing in the performance world that size is Mercedes has like an AMG G sixty three three row whatever. I don't forget. I forgot the model name mm-hmm. of it. But everything else out there, you know, BMW and Lamborghini and Audi and and all the hot SUVs are not quite this big. 5,500 pounds. But then you realize anything Dodge throws that Hellcat engine into is just fun. Like the engine is so addicting. I mean, you get the exhaust note, you get the wine from the supercharger, mm-hmm. and you realize it's just it just makes you grin. You know, fuel mileage be damned. Like it doesn't, you know, even if they say it gets – 12 or 15, depending on how you use it, you can't keep your foot out of it. So you're going to get mm-hmm. nine. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I actually do like the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same engine, but in the smaller SUV, seems a little more nimble, easier to throw around. But this thing is, um, is, is, is fun, but it's, it's just, it's just a drag race, you know, monster of, of a vehicle, uh, it's, they claim zero to 60 in like three and a half seconds, and some of the people testing it are beating that number. They're running 11s easily in the quarter mile with this thing at 5,500 pounds. But you realize you're moving so much mass. You're moving so much weight. When you get into it and you want to get on it, you kind of feel like you need to roll down the window and yell out, everybody clear the way <laughs> because you don't know what this vehicle is going to do. Right. You know, it's like just, just – the one they sent is red. You're like, that's good because everybody sees this thing and hears it coming down the road. Um, but I will say that Durango being able to being able to make revisions to that platform over the year, revise the look of it. The interior is really good. The infotainment system is big. It works. All of the icons and the colors are big and attractive. It's in the dash, it's not stuck up on top of it. Um, that part, I think they nailed it. And you get the fun bits. You hit the SRT button, and you get the fully programmable, you know, street mode, track mode, and you can set the intensity of like shifts and launch control and drag race mode with the Christmas tree. Like it's got all the fun bits you'd you'd want in 
in like the Challenger or even the the Charger, but it's in the SUV. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's it's over the top. It's silly. I'm sure it, it it's you know it's exactly what you expect from a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's uh it's it's fun. Like if you've got to, ha- I can't wait to go. We should all go to the theater and see that thing in the theater. But if you're gonna have to have like a three row SUV mm-hmm. and you want to have some fun with it, mm. it's it's a blast. Yeah, um, I uh, I'm wondering, and maybe uh, when Max Pata gets some uh, time, we can look it up on Bring a Trailer. But uh, like I said, those uh, Dodge trucks with the Viper engine in them. That's the kind of thing that I thought would have fallen off a cliff, you know, price wise. You know, yeah. That, that it 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 seemed like the kind of thing that would kind of you you know you'd pay sticker for it, and then it would, you know, then it would kind of fall off after that. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Let me look. Up yeah, the you old, can look it up look on up the old bring a trailer on here. on your phone because uh, I seem to recall a couple of those. Uh, it was the SRT10, I believe, right? So let's see if... Uh... So uh, Max Pata. Yeah. Uh, IMSA had some prototypes up there, but I guess we're looking at yeah, non-prototypes. But I, I mean, like, as I said, it's their 52nd year, so and uh, they actually celebrated their 50th year last time you were... You were at yeah uh, the historics and you br- when you brought the 935. But I'll, I have a list for top 10 cards of all time if you just want Go to ahead. Read, read that off. Okay. So number 10... The Jaguar XRJ9. All right, so that's a prototype or GTP yeah. type. Um, number nine, the Ferrari 333 SP. GTP or something prototype. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. That's a. It's a. It's one of those slideshows. So mm-hmm. let this thing load. Okay. That's the Corvette C7R at number eight. Mm. Hmm. There you go. Number seven, the Porsche. Wait. No- what year's the C7R? Uh, C7 was right before the C8 that's new, so the, the last however okay, many years. Yeah, one. it's yeah. been part of the IMSA yeah. series since 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Porsche 911 Carrera RSR is at number seven. Mm. All right, well, maybe bring in the pink uh, Porsche. Yeah, the Beverly Hills. Seems uh, pretty IMSA-ish. Yeah, car. Mm-hmm. Number six, the uh, Nissan GTP. Mm-hmm. CX Turbo. Mm-hmm. Number five is a Porsche RS Spider. Mm. Number four is a Porsche 935. Ooh. You have one of those. <laughs> uh, number three is the Eagle MK3. Is that a Gurney thing? That's a Gurney thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, number two, the Audi R8 LMP. Yeah. And the number one car is a Porsche 962. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. (laughs) So there's a 2004 Dodge Ram SRT 10 Viper engine uh, with 4,000 miles. Yeah, you couldn't put any room. It's not like you own that truck when you have like a pool cleaning business or something. (laughs) Well, here's here's a little bit. Current bid's 40, ends in two days. So who knows? Uh, Up on Bring a Trailer, I've seen them. You know, here's one with 32,000 miles that sold for 32 grand. And here's one with... 364 miles that sold for 72 grand. Yeah, maybe I saw that one. You know, so yeah, they look to be in the 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. 30s, 40s range. Yeah, well, they're hanging you know? on, and I think they're trending up. I think there's a, it's kind of one of those arguments for modern collector cars. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole deal is, is 
it used to be how old is the car, and now it's kind of like how few did they make. Right. And even if they're more modern cars. So that car is from, you know, 04, but they probably didn't make a ton of them, and thus they uh, they get into the uh, collector car range. Right. Well, did you see the Cobra R? The Mustang, the 2000 Mustang Cobra R. Is it a red one? It's the red one. They were only red in 2000. Oh. They made 300 <laughs> yeah, of them. that's why I said the red one. Yeah. 300 of them. They made and, 300 yeah, of them. Yeah, it's up to 83,000. Mm. Uh, so, you know, certainly gone up. You know, and in 93, they made 107 R models. Mm-hmm. And that was the one that... You know, the one still wrapped in plastic that sold at Barrett Jackson a couple of years ago for like 132000 bucks. Now, do you have the R? I do not. There's only 107 of those. Oh. Well, what do you but have? I just have a regular Mustang Cobra. Oh. It's 4,993 of those. Why even bring it up then, dude? Yeah. Let's get back to my 935. Well, I, I said the R. I didn't bring up the regular ones. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Loser. Yeah, so that's uh, – yeah, so again, uh, look for small batch. Um, we had – I think you and I were talking about the Porsche um, 924 – that sold for like two sixty. Yeah, on bring a trailer because like it was like a club, club sport, sport. Yeah. right? And they made fifteen of them or something right. like that. And kind of the point is, is um, the lowest on the food chain. I would say somebody could make this argument, but I would say the Porsche nine twenty four is about the lowest on the Porsche food chain. Now you could go. Not what about the nine fourteen? Well, they had a nine fourteen six, but I guess if you're talking about the one point eight or one point seven or whatever, they they did like a one point seven or eight, and then a two liter, and then a, a six or whatever. But maybe the nine, you know, and then you kind of go nine twenty eight, and you go, yeah, that's a V eight, and they're they're kind of coming up in value now. So the nine twenty four is the least. I'll put it to you this way. If someone is a intense Porsche enthusiast, they do not own a 924. So, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to know about the, one? <laughs> that's all you need to know about the 924. Yeah. But that one sold for 260. And it sold for 260 cuz they made 15 of them. Yeah. And that's I mean yeah. obviously it's it's beefed up. It's got a roll cage and, you know, factory, yeah. blah blah blah, but that's kind of my argument is the numbers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When they make a small amount. That's why I thought the um the uh our uh nine eleven uh RS club sport or whatever the hell uh whatever the hell we got uh, the latest car, the um the uh the G T three? Yeah, the G T three, but I'm trying to think of the name. Is it Club Sport or club i'm trying to think of the name of that uh that car i know it's a gt well our car the which is a gt s3 i got too many fucking cars in my head what is our 911 your 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 2000 is a is a gt3 but this the the other one is a 911s yeah the gt3 but it's a club sport right uh yeah that one i'm not exactly it, the the sure. the point is is I think they made 
55 of those cars or something like that, you know, from the factory. If you can find small batch from the factory, even if it's modern, that's probably a good collect a collector car. And as far as I can tell, those GT3, I don't know if they're GT3 RSs or S something. I think or yours is just a GT3 R. R, right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a club sport, but there's a word that I'm spacing out on in this in this this uh, mix somewhere but we'll figure it out the the point is um the the point is is i think those cars are still a little undervalued i i see them around yeah. for you know not in for for a porsche collector car i think i've seen them around for a hundred grand or something like that which if you take a look at the nine. 24 club sport going for 260 the 911 version is still a good value i think i'm, I'm sort of surprised that the, the price of those goes find yeah. the title of that car i, I was looking for it too it's, it's not, there, there's no other nickname other than 2000 porsche 911 gt3r yeah i'm not seeing it on the uh on the 911s either on the seven oh oh sorry what i'm thinking of sorry and you guys could have helped when I say you guys, I mean Matt. Uh, cup car. That's what I was. That I was taking my club sport and mixing yeah. it up with my uh, cup car. That's that was the name. I that was the phrase I was looking for. Cup car. But uh, yeah, how much? See how many of those they they made. I think it's in the. I think it's in the fifties. And then see if you can find one for sale. Because I th- don't you think those cars are good value? I do. I mean any. Uh, you know, especially in that in that in that Porsche world, when you start getting into any of the GT cars or any of the the racing cars, I think uh, anything with the little bit of the besides. But I think the, the you know, like you, like you were saying, even that nine twenty four. When you get into that finite of a number, fifteen is a very very small batch. I mean, we've right. looked at some cars that are, you know, we talked about some of the vintage Lamborghinis, and there's. 300 or 100 or 116 or 120 right. like right those are really 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 low numbers but 15 yeah no yeah, i that's, that's where the i agree at. and the my point is is you take an undesirable car <laughs> and you make just a few of them in the club sport edition yeah and now it's worth 250 260,000 yeah. bucks all right let me hit uh, geico do you own do you rent your home well sure you do right one or the other. And now you can get your bundle going with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your house. So just go to Geico.com, get a quote and see just how much you could save. It's uh, easy because Geico makes it easy. Visit Geico.com today. That is Geico.com today. All right, so 911 Club Sport GT3Rs, production numbers, Maxipad, and then we'll see if we can find a price. There's always, yeah, or seems a like cup, there's cup car. Cup car. Yeah, cup car. Cup car. Cup car. <laughs> yeah. I think they called it a cup I, car. I've not seen cup car a ton on the internet. <laughs> oh, maybe I mean, I've heard you say it a bunch of times, so I don't well, know. Well, I don't know where I got cup car, but I think it is a cup car, but I don't know why I think it's a cup car. I don't even know what the definition of a cup car is, but I 
think uh, maybe it's Porsche Cup or something like that. I don't know. Did I just make up Cup Car? I don't think you made it up. I think people say it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's just labeled that, and it's uh, nothing in the official in the official title. All right. So uh, what else are you thinking I'm about? Seeing, I'm seeing sixty six. They made uh, sixty six. Yeah, I, I thought fifty five, but yeah, sixty six. That makes sense. A cup car adheres to a front-engine rear-wheel drive design. A roll cage serves as a space frame chassis. Well, that's uh, blah, like blah, blah, Winston blah. Cup. Car, yeah, that's right? the Cup series. So that's mm-hmm. the. Uh, so maybe see that's where you're going to get confusing because when you're going to look it up, you're just going to find all the NASCAR stuff. Right. It's like right. Yeah, it's like when they do those auto shows and they go, "This car raced at the 24 Hours of Daytona," and then they show the nascar race picture that drives me insane um porsche says the gt3 cup is the world's best-selling race car wow so it's got cup in there but then i'm seeing like a motor trend article where it says that the 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 cup car is based on the shape so Hmm. yeah i don't yeah but and then you'll see that porsche says cup cars uh are built by the factory to Porsche Cup Racing Series specs. Yeah. yeah. All right. See if you can find any of those, uh, one of those for sale somewhere. I'm uh, I'm going back to thinking these cars are a little undervalued. Think about it. I mean, 911s are expensive anyway. You know, if you yeah. want a 73 911S, it's uh, 200 grand now, 150, 200 grand. Like 911s are just expensive in general. And then any 911 that has any kind of factory whatever is expensive. Yeah. But like I said, I think I've seen these cars for, you know, 85 to 100 around, which seems like they're a little undervalued. And by the way, everyone listen to me. Because whenever I start thinking about a car and I go, that car seems a little yeah. undervalued, they pop up. Yeah. Like those. Yeah. Well, Ryan's dad doesn't give a shit. Those. Uh, <laughs> what you say. Yeah. <laughs> He's out. His golf buddies recommended some pretty decent cars, though. So I, ca- <laughs> I cannot true. push back. But like I've been saying, like the uh, Mercedes 230 Pagoda, Pagoda or whatever those those things are. Like I was like, those things were 35000 bucks all day long. And I'm like, those cars are they got a straight six in them mm-hmm. and they're kind of not that you know if you squint it's not that far off the uh gold wing you know convertible 300 and i'm like why are those cars at 30 30 35 and they've been yeah they've been popping up, up pretty up. fast it's funny you and i were talking the other day about how well we've said it a million times about how the big brother often pulls up the little brother on mm-hmm. cars specifically, like a 190 Mercedes and a Gullwing. But now we're starting to see almost entire genres get pulled up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh, an example, like uh, s- some Japanese cars are getting bigger dollars. So now it's drawing more attention to Japanese cars, you know, racing cars and street cars and, br- and bringing those up. People are starting to find the unique ones, the the limited editions, the, you know, the the limited builds and going, oh, you know, hey, we've been paying attention to, you know, NSX or Toyota Super Turbo and, uh, you know, not just Toyota 2000 GT, but uh, some of the more modern ones and go, well, what's next? And then that's when you get a, a, a 
Subaru WRX selling for three hundred. Three thirty, three hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand bucks. I'm bringing a trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, on the subject of uh, praise for me, <laughs> were, were we on that subject? I'm always okay. on that subject. <laughs> okay. I will tell you the cars that are undervalued and should be moving up. Yeah. Those Toyota two thousands were they got to a million bucks. Yes. And I just said that's a glorified Z car. That that's a that's a two forty Z that's down. Uh, half a liter and added a cam Mm -hmm. like that is not a million dollar car i announced that all day long uh they're none for sale now Mm -hmm. and if there is one for sale it ain't making it to 500 grand that car everybody just paid a bunch of money for them that's why there's none for sale (laughs) that car literally went from a million to under 500 in two and a half years yeah which is everybody listening to me? Which is weird because it's not like it's not like all of a sudden so many changed hands. They're still pretty limited. It was just people. I guess were just thinking it's just not enough car for that much money. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't get saturated, right? Uh, last one. One uh, last. I think some of those are like on race car direct or something like out of Europe. But what the last one sell for? Beside mine, it didn't sell, but it was estimated at four to six hundred thousand. At Pebble, hmm, four hundred to six hundred thousand at Pebble for. Um, but this that all- sounds peculiar to me and Matt. Though the Matt not as uh, vocal <laughs> as, as I am. That seems yeah. seems like a different car. Okay, it might be then. Because this is way off. That 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 ain't for it. I don't unless that car had a ton of history. It does could've, have a ton of could have had a ton of history. Yeah. So yeah. maybe well, that was okay. Let you me... said it was at Pebble, so I mean, you know, the auction there. Yeah, I think that race cars direct or some one of those like European whatever race car sites probably probably has one. All right, uh, you want to hit your uh, spots there. Yeah, um, just a reminder from our friends at JB Weld. You know, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. It's available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, uh, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And uh, just a final word from our friends at Dodge. You know, Dodge is ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by JD Power. It's the first brand ever in the U.S. to get. Uh, number one in equality and appeal in the same year. So visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive today. All right. We'll see if Max Paddock can find one of those cars in the next 15 On seconds. Race car Direct, I see one for uh, a little over 157000 Oh, yeah. How's let's see. Sound? Let's see that car. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So what year is that there? 2000. Mm-hmm. Right. wonder how much uh, history it has. But... You know, that's what they're asking, 150-something. They're, you know, probably take one. Matt, what, what would you get them down to, 127? <laughs> $47,000. <000. laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what, what were they asking? One, uh, Yeah, 150. You know, uh, we would make an argument as to uh, the Newman car and what was paid for that car and, and that one being a little bit better. I think that car is uh, 150. I think it's... 120. Yeah, I'm I'm saying those cars are about 100 grand or 100 grand plus. I think there's value there for they're 20 years old now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 value there for the future, and you can have, go have some fun in it. All right, let me tell you guys that uh, Appleton, Wisconsin's almost sold out. Skyline Comedy Club, May seventh and eighth. We're doing stand up and podcasting there. Jam in the van out uh, May twenty second out here in uh, Los Angeles, and we're doing a live pod there. You go to adamcroll dot com for all the live shows and tons of great automotive stuff. Adam Kroll is going racing. We're just getting a bunch of new episodes up mm-hmm. there on uh, channel uh, chassis channel and Pluto TV. Is it six eighty seven? That seems. Yeah. I don't know why it seems different to me than it was. Yeah, Am I don't I know why that either. Uh, well, you. I think like in the past you used to say it was like five something, but it's six eighty seven. I I checked. Oh, it's not five eighty five. Correct. <laughs> Why would you ever say that in the past if it was never five? I six. I don't know six eighty seven. I went on Pluto. I mean, you could just search the name chassis and you'll find it. But oh, okay. I'll do that. We yeah. should talk to Nate about that. that seems weird. I've said five eighty five like seven hundred times. Okay, it's weird. It, All right, but thanks. Recently moved. I don't know. Thanks for checking. That's a that's a good <laughs> yeah. idea. What do you got, Matt? Uh, just follow me at uh, at Motorator on social media, and I'll be posting some more uh, photos of, uh, of those cars and stuff we can talk about. So until next time, Adam Crow for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com. Hey, movie lovers. Who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device.